Hello, and welcome to TP's Music Talk Podcast. My name is Ryan Ford. And I'm Nick Replinger. And you can find us at our website, tpmusictalkpod.wordpress.com. And you can also find us at anchor.fm forward slash tpmusictalkpodcast and other major podcasting platforms by searching for TP's Music Talk Podcast. You can find us on other social media as well, like Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Tumblr, and others by searching for TP Music Talk Podcast or for TP Music Talk Pod on Twitter. Just look for our logo. And you can also email us at tpmusictalkpodcast at gmail.com. We also have shared playlists on Apple Music and Spotify that you can check out by searching TP's Music Talk Podcast as well. And don't forget to click the link in the description and leave us a voice message on Anchor. And feel free to leave us a message or a review anywhere you're listening. It really helps us out. And don't forget, donations are always appreciated. You can find a link to donate in the description of any of our episodes. No part of our show can be reproduced without permission or written consent. You've heard it a million times, but that's because it's worth it. I engrave stuff. Need something engraved? I engrave stuff. Need some gifts for holidays and birthdays that are actually cool and can be totally personalized to your liking? I engrave stuff. Check out their social medias. I see an Instagram giveaway very often, and they're actually legit. Connect by going to iengravestuff.com. Another thing they have is an engraving service. If you have a thermos or a bottle or a baseball glove or anything you can think of, all you have to do is get in touch with the awfully friendly people from iengravestuff.com, and one of their laser experts can get an estimate to you. It's super simple, and they work hard to make it easy to explore your engraving ideas. And if you go to iengravestuff.com and you're shopping, be sure to type in TP10 in all caps in the promo code box at checkout. That'll get you 10% off. Check out iengravestuff today. Hey everybody, I'm Ryan. And I'm Nick, and welcome back to Transmitter. We're back. We hope everybody had a good holiday. Well, yeah, whatever holidays you celebrate during that time. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, we, we had some pretty good holidays ourselves. Um, good Christmas with family and friends and things like that. And now we're, yeah, well, I guess we're ready to get back into the grind. Yeah, yeah. And uh, man, it was, a, it was a good but crazy holiday season for us. I mean, just tons of family. And Nick has been sick for a good portion. <laughs> like, I, I think you've been sick for like two months or something now. Well, it's more like, you know, I was just sick once uh, and then I had a lingering cough and then I got sick again. And now the cough is still trying to go away again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I say, when I say sick, it's more just like this forever long, never going away cough. Like every time I see you, you're coughing, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, sounding pretty good tonight. So yeah. I mean, the last few days I didn't even have a voice. I think today's the first time I've really had my voice back. Yeah. Perfect day to record. No rest for the wicked. Oh yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, in my previous episode, I I talked a little bit about the holidays as well and kind of updated you guys on, you know, how I felt about 2019 and going into 2020. And I also mentioned that Nick had some big news to share. So I will now let him share that. Yeah. For the last, I don't know, maybe month, month and a half-ish, I've been planning on proposing to my girlfriend, Nina. And on January 18th, I was able to bring that into fruition and I was able to set up a, in a small venue and I, I got lots of decorations, made the place look nice and I was able to play and sing a, a love song for her and then I got on one knee and I asked her to marry me and she said yes. We don't have enough, any 
official date yet, but most likely it will be during the summer, and we are super excited. Yeah, and I mean, he explained that all in about 10 seconds, but it really took a whole lot of planning on his part and uh, getting lots of people together and, you know, finding this uh, venue in the first place. And I mean, Well, I only found that venue because of you. But. Well, yeah, but I mean, you know, you, you reached out to me and Joe and, and John and, you know, I'm members of the band Blix 10 and practice a song. You got decorations together. You had to get Nina. You actually had to call her boss and get her the day off. Um, yeah, and that was pretty hard because her boss is hard to get a hold of. <laughs> yeah, so like when, when he's, he's explaining this, like it's all so easy, but like this was weeks of planning, plus he was sick, plus holidays and everything else going on. And so, you know, that's that's why we've been gone for so long because between him and all the stuff that I had going on as well, I mean, it's just been a crazy couple months. So, but yeah, we're excited to be back. I guess that is the takeaway from that. And uh, yeah, so let's get into the episode. All right, so today we're just going to be taking it easy talking about a band that both Ryan and I could talk about forever, especially me because they are my all-time favorite, and I have mentioned that this band is my favorite many times, so if you don't know, they are called Three Days Grace. Yeah, and I'm super excited as well. They're they're definitely one of my favorite bands, especially growing up, and yeah, I mean, where do you even start? I, I'll, I'll let Nick kind of take it away because he knows so much more than I do about it, but um, I also did want to talk a little bit about post-genres. Well, you know, actually, I feel like I kind of covered that a good amount in the update video. I mean, because we're going to be doing more episodes on those, you know, kind of niche genres here soon and so yeah if if you want to hear more about it maybe just leave us a voice message or you know send us an email and we can go back and maybe talk about that some more but yeah let's just kind of make it about three days grace right now i guess all righty so basically three days grace they are a canadian post-grunge group formed in i think they're ontario canada but um they formed around in 1997 under the name groundswell and eventually in 2003 they were signed under the name three days grace and yeah the the band originally consisted of three members adam gontier on vocals and guitar brad walst on bass and neil sanderson on drums and then later on not too long after they debuted their first self-titled album they brought on barry stock to take over guitars and so we have basically those were the first four main members adam gontier is actually no longer a part of the band he left the band i believe in 2013 and is now doing another band called santa sonia and now they have a current lead singer who is brother with the, the bassist, and his name is Matt Walsh, also formerly of My Darkest Days. Yeah, and, uh, you know, all I really know about that, of course, I knew about Adam Gontier, and I was very sad when he departed. I, I honestly feel like the band, although still talented, has not been the same since he left. And Matt Walsh from My Darkest Days, I knew him originally in that band, and I actually really liked My Darkest Days. I think that the... I, I could be wrong here, so don't... <laughs> I don't know, maybe look into this if, if you're curious about it, but I think that the lead member of Nickelback actually helped get My Darkest Days started, Yeah, if, yeah. if I remember right. so Yeah, Chad Kroger, um, he was a big influence in getting My Darkest Days out there. He helped produce them and, and also was featured on their first single, which was called Porn Star Dancing. Oh, yes. I remember that. It was all over the radio. It was yeah. a very interesting song. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but basically um, how, I guess, jumping, you know, from... I know to 2013 when they had the 
where they have the new current lead singer, Matt Walst. Um, Adam Gontier, just days before they were going to go on tour with, at the time was their current album, The Transit of Venus, he had announced that he was leaving the band. I think it was just days before they were going on tour with that album. And so at first there was no real reason why he was leaving. And then later on found out that he said it was for personal and health reasons and things like that. And um, the bassist, Brad, he was actually, I guess, he was at lunch with his brother, Matt Walst, of My Darkest Days. And My Darkest Days, I guess, was on a hiatus because there was some kind of contention with band members, from what I understand. And so he wasn't doing anything. And so Brad's like, well, hey, Matt, what are you doing, you know, for the next few months? And so they just brought him on as the lead singer and just thought maybe it'd be a temporary thing. But after they finished the tour, they just felt that he was such a great fit that they just kept him on as the lead singer. Yeah, and it really worked out good, I think, for them because Matt Walst was kind of in a predicament. He still wanted to make music, though, and was still writing lyrics and whatnot. So for him to be able to come over and make music with his brother and also fill in that spot with Three Days Grace and have it work out so well where they were able to keep him on the band, I think it was a very smooth transition as far as... Because with some bands, when a member leaves, it's just absolutely devastating and they never recover, they never come back. So this actually worked out pretty well in that way but i sorry we're probably getting a little bit ahead of ourselves maybe we should take it chronologically yeah i think so too but just to explain that you know that the current lead singer is matt walsh formerly of my darkest days yeah yeah and that's that's um, important and we can talk more about that later on for sure for sure so yeah their first album is their self-titled album it came out in 2003 yeah, so it's called Three Days Grace, and they came out with, you know, a normal slated version, and then they had a deluxe version, which included a couple live songs and a single that was released for a movie. I believe, oh, was it Lizzie... Yeah, Lizzie McGuire was in it, but I don't think it was a Lizzie McGuire movie, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I forget the name, the title of the actual movie, but yeah, it's actually a pretty good jam, and um, if you've never seen that movie, it's it's kind of a cool movie. Um, oh, yeah, it's great. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I wish I could remember the name of it right now. We should have done more research into that, but anyway, my takeaways from this particular album, their debut, it has a lot of great songs in it. Their, I, I think the first single release was I Hate Everything About You. Yeah, that was their very first and also still to this day one of their most popular and famous singles oh yeah it's it's very catchy and it's a very passionate song a very angry song yeah and um when they do in the deluxe version there's acoustic version of this song adam gante he talks about what each song is about for all the acoustic version they do in the deluxe and for i hate everything about you adam gante says this song is very dark very point very blunt it's called I Hate Everything About You. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it's another thing to probably say, just where we've talked about post-genres a little bit, uh, Three Days Grace is considered post-grunge, and you see a lot of aspects from grunge in their first record and throughout all of their records. You get, you know, the simple but very uh, rough riffs, I guess. Um, or... Yeah, well, uh, the basis of a grunge song, especially if you go off Nirvana, who are considered the fathers of grunge, you, you know, maybe having like a decent, you know, guitar intro riff. And then when you hit into the verse, it's very prominent bass. Mm. And then once you get into the chorus, that's when you have the heavy, heavy, heavy distorted guitars. And then you go back into the verse, which is very bass prominent. And then, uh, you know, a heavy bridge, which doesn't really have much soloing. You can have soloing, but that's not 
the most common for a grunge song, and that's basically the, the outline of a grunge song. Yeah, and, and you also have the vocals, which are very passionate, very aggressive, but are also kind of, uh, in a way, simplified and easy to understand. Yeah, and also just the music is very simple, too. You know, you don't have to be a shredder, you know, to be able to play any of the, any of the most iconic grunge songs out there. Yeah, and, and you don't have to be a wordsmith to kind of get the meaning of some of these songs. Not to say that they aren't... Well, I would say that depends on which band you're listening to. But Yeah, yeah. Well, because, I mean, if you go to Nirvana, I mean, <laughs> I mean, the lyrics for Nirvana are very, very nonsensical. Yeah. It can mean a lot of different things. Yeah, and you can definitely go down the rabbit hole. And what I meant by that, like, it, not to say that they don't have deeper meanings, but, you know, on the surface, they're very easy to understand, I think. And yeah, some other great songs on that record, and Nick has told me about this, but another single that was released was Home. And yeah, you should probably talk about that one because you'll know more than I will. Yeah, so <laughs> Home, I think, was their third. Um, single. Oh, third. I don't know. It could be their second or their third. I want to say third. But anyways, that, that song I learned from their live DVD concert at the Palace in Detroit, Auburn Hills. And Adam Gontier says, this song's about being stuck at home with nothing to do. But then he goes on to, and then he pauses like, but more importantly, this song is about being treated like crap while you're stuck at home with nothing to do. So basically it's about domestic abuse. Yeah, and you can definitely see that when you watch the music video, too. I mean, the music video has almost like a creepy vibe to it. It's a person yeah. in a house, and he's kind of being almost haunted by this figure, this woman. Uh, yeah, and she's she looks very... It's almost like grudge-like, I don't know. <laughs> very malformed, and at the end, she's like spitting out blood and beating like bird cages filled with feathers and, and things like that, but... Yeah, yeah. And uh, I guess another thing to say about this record, you, you've got a, some very, uh, I don't know, other, uh, like Just Like You is another very angry song that is about... Yeah, and it's also the, the, the third, the other single on this record. And this is basically the stick it to the man song, you know, whether that be, you know, authority figures in your life or parents or the police or whatever, or whoever you're angry at who you feel has power over you. Yeah, and, and sorry, what I was trying to say is like, it seems like the lyrics are almost pointed towards a specific person. I mean, they wrote them so that it could be interpreted lots of different ways. But, you know, when you listen to a song like Home or the, the other single, Just Like You, you definitely, I don't know, it almost seems like he's talking about someone specific in his life that has caused him a lot of pain and anger. But yeah, I don't know. I really like the song Burn on the record as well, which is yeah. the intro track. Mm -hmm. Gosh, there's lots of good ones on this one. Another one of my favorites that I feel like that does not get enough attention on this album is Wake Up. Mm. I love the acoustic riff that you hear at the beginning. It's also a lot of fun to play. I've learned to play it myself. And, and um, basically, Wake Up is about wanting a second chance and never getting it because you woke up too late. Oh, yeah. And maybe this is a good time to talk about the meaning of the band name because you're always telling me about Three Days Grace and what, what that means. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of the reasons why Three Days Grace is my favorite band. So, no, I talked a little bit about all the members of, of Three Days Grace, or at least mentioned them. And uh, all these guys who are part of Three Days Grace, they're not just like, they weren't like dumb, no, no druggies or who had no future if, if they didn't make it big as a rock star. They were actually, they're actually very smart, very intelligent guys. Guys. And um, the bassist, if he wasn't still continuing to be a rock star, um, he was going to be an accountant. He was going to college for it. While he was in college still before they made it big, 
I guess he was in class for one of his accounting classes, and uh, and they get, were talking about an accounting term that's called a three days grace period. I guess sometimes when it comes to taking care of a, a, an account or a case or whatever, there's something where, you know, sometimes the collector of the debtor decides to give the person a three days grace period where they have three days to pay off everything that they can, and then at the end of that three days, they just forgive everything else. Mm. And I guess that really, you know, struck a chord with with Brad, Brad Walst, and uh, he went and brought it to the guys and, and came up with the name Three Days Grace. And that's what they write about as a band. If you had a three days grace period to change something about your life, what would it be? And that's what uh, about the topics of their songs are about, whether it's you know their own personal experiences, what they think that, they're, that their fans might be able to relate to, or things that they just have seen or heard. Yeah, which is a really cool concept, and like it really, uh, well, like you said, now they can make these songs that have so much more meaning because they can really let all of their emotions out. But it's almost like a cathartic sort of process for them and for people who listen to their music because they're talking about stuff like if you had a three days grace period to do do it over, what would you do? Yeah, and that's one thing is like growing up listening to this stuff, you know, I would hear people be like, why do you like listening to these guys? You know, they're so dark, they're so depressing, you know, does that make you feel good? And it's like, I would always just roll my eyes because I know they have no idea why they've written these songs or why and, and why I listen to them because there's, it's, yeah, maybe on the outside it may seem dark and depressing and not that uplifting but if you understand why they are the wanting to change that thing that's whether about them or something they've experienced in their life they're recognizing as something that they wish they could change yeah yeah exactly so yeah that's kind of the the origin of the name of the band and what it means and yeah I, I think it's really cool before we move on we should probably talk about the song scared because you have to remember when this album came out matt walst wasn't in the picture yet it was just adam gontier and the rest of the band of course you know matt walst is brad walst the bass guitar player's brother and but matt walst <laughs> sorry you're probably so confused listening to this right now but so, so matt walst actually played a part in the song scared didn't yeah he, he was a co-writer for the song scared yeah yeah helped helped write the song and so you know this just shows that even back in the beginning matt walsh did sort of have a presence just kind of on the outskirts of the band yeah and that's another reason why they've said in the interviews that that having met was just such a having him take over as the frontman was just such a, a natural transition because it's not like they had to you know find somebody who could capture the vision of what three days grace is about it's like he was already there from the beginning because like the brad the bass you know, said like, oh yeah, he was always there for being being may not have been a part of Ben, but he was always, they would be practicing in, in his basement at their parents' house, and he'd be the little younger brother who would come and bug the crap out of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so I mean... Like, he was always still there from the beginning, just maybe not necessarily as the lead singer, but he's been there. Yeah, so I, I always thought that was kind of cool, and it was really cool when I found out about that with the song Scared. But yeah, and I, I think with this album the whole band kind of collaborated on it a little bit more as yeah. far as the lyrics. Oh yeah, um, definitely. I would definitely say that the entire band had, had their hands in this one. Gotcha. But then moving on to the next album, which is uh, well, it's... It's it's, n- it's the peak of the Three Days Grace career. I yeah. would definitely say. Def- definitely my favorite album that they've ever released and I think it's probably yours as well. It's my all-time favorite album ever. Yeah, so uh, it's, it's just a really good, really solid album. Lots of people have praised it. I think it's like it's it's got to be platinum, right? I think it might be three 
double or triple platinum. I yeah. can't remember which one, but I know it's at least platinum. Yeah, like if, if you're looking to get into the Three Days Grace, never heard of them before, of course you may want to start at the very beginning with their self-title, but you can't go wrong starting with 1X either, so. Yeah, yeah, and that's, a, that's the name of the album, 1X, and... um Man, this is such an incredible album. But I guess before we get into any of the songs, maybe we should talk about what the album is and how it was kind of influenced and inspired by the former lead singer, Adam Gontier. Yeah. So Adam Gontier, I don't remember exactly what happened, but he got addicted to a painkiller. I don't know if he had a surgery or something like that, but he had to go into rehab for these painkillers. And while he was in rehab, he wrote most of the lyrics and I think the music for most of the songs for 1X while he was going through withdrawals and becoming clean from this painkiller. And so the the title, 1X, when you look at the album artwork, it shows a bunch of cut-out paper dolls holding hands, and all of them have check marks, except for the second to last one on the right has an X on him. And basically what 1X means is means to be isolated or to be singled out. Mm. So, and, and yeah, I, I like how you put that too. And like looking at the album cover, it's very sleek, very simple, but that definitely makes a statement. And you can hear, I guess, kind of what they were trying to portray when you listen to the album as well. It, it's for the people that are the, the outcasts of society, people that are misunderstood. Yeah, so there, there's a deeper meaning in, in every aspect of the album, I think. Yeah, I mean, especially in the song... Uh... The last track of the album, which is also the the album track title, which is called 1X, that one, I would definitely say um, Adam Gontier's message to anybody who listens to this is that even though you may feel singled out or isolated, that you are not alone and that we can stand out and stand above the crowd. Yeah. And uh, that's on the, the, I guess, the first slated release of the album, because there is a deluxe version of this one as well that includes an extra track called Wicked Game. And, I love uh, that one so much. Yeah, that one's pretty good. <laughs> and uh, you've also got, you know, some uh, music videos that came out on the deluxe version, at yeah. least the digital. <laughs> yeah, and there's also an acoustic version of one of the most popular singles from this album, Never Too Late as well. Yes, and uh, that one was very popular, was all over the radio, still plays on the radio today. And, the acoustic uh, version? Oh, sorry, not the acoustic version, but the actual main... The, yeah, the main song. Yeah, the, 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 the actual first track that came out before they made the acoustic version. Um, and it was about, I think it was about suicide. And, it is uh, about suicide. Yeah, so it, it's a very... Um, well, it's, it's a very personal song to Adam Gontier because not only was it written by him when he, he was at his darkest point in rehab, but it was also co-written by his, I guess, his ex-wife now at the time that they wrote it together. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of cool yeah, to it was, find out. I mean, it's too bad that they're not married together, but I'm not sure the reason why they split up. But, yeah. but you know, at the time, you know, it was very something very sweet. I guess that you used to say that it was probably, you know, a very hard and dark time for them in their marriage and because, you know, he was in rehab and going through the withdrawals from pain medications, I'm sure that he wanted to, to end his life right, right there and then and, and his experience of going through that. And this song is about how he's reaching out to others and telling them that if you feel this way, it's not too late to turn it all around. Yeah. Yeah, definitely a high point in the album, I think. You've also got songs like Animal I Have Become, which is just an amazing track, has an amazing music video to go with it. I think that's one of your favorite songs, if not your favorite. Like, it is my all-time favorite song. So. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I think you should take it away with this one as well. Yeah, and like, I've talked to people 
who, who know this song and like I don't really like this song you know like I'm thinking about one particular conversation I had with a former college roommate it's like it's very simple and not not that thought provoking it's like yeah no it's like, like <laughs> this song is like <laughs> Nick yeah. just made the best face he's he was even now talking about it he's triggered <laughs> <laughs> and plus you know he was kind of an oddball but but you know still it's just like you know this is my all-time favorite song and a song that I feel like I can have been able to relate to more than any other song I've ever heard in my life. And it's not that because I'm I'm angry and like an, I'm an animal. It's just like I mean, this song is more than just about being angry and being an animal and going off and doing crazy things. But it's a song that's also about deep regrets and you know how you wish you could change that the way that you are. And sometimes you just feel like you can't. Yeah, it's like, it's like fighting against your inner demons. Which I don't know how you could listen to this song and not think that it, I mean it really is a deep song it, yes the lyrics it, it's like I was talking about before the lyrics on the surface may not seem that meaningful but there's definitely a deeper meaning behind all this yeah especially when you go into it and you look why it was written and how it was written mm-hmm. but I mean Animal had become it's such an incredible song and especially because of that riff Mm. Oh my gosh. I mean, <laughs> if you have not heard this song, go listen to it. And as soon as you, it first just starts up with the bass drum going bum, 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 bum. And then you hear the bass come in with that riff. And then maybe about, I don't know, like five, ten seconds in, that's when you hear the distorted electric guitar coming in with that riff. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Nothing gets me more excited when I hear that riff. It's so heavy and it's so unique. I don't think you'll ever find a riff. I don't know how to describe it. I just no, I, riff. <laughs> I, I'm with you. And, and yeah, the, the cool thing about it is it really isn't that complicated to play either. Like I remember at one point I could actually play the introduction to the song. I've, <laughs> I used to think I could play the guitar back in the day, but... Oh, he can. He just nah. is being, being too modest. <laughs> it's, it's been a long time, but yeah, like it, it's a very um, easy song to learn, but it's also very powerful. Um, I mean, still to this day, it's one of my favorite songs to play on the guitar as well. Yeah, it's just very well crafted all around. Another high point on the album for sure, but I'm honestly not sure if there's a low point <laughs> to this album. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you like post-grunge music, so. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of a, one song on here that I don't like. I mean, if I really had to pick one that I would say was my least favorite, and that's that's really, like, still much higher than any other songs that I really dislike <laughs> <laughs> from just music in general, maybe it would be, oh gosh, it's all over. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which which is interesting because I, I would say that is probably one of the. If I had to pick, it would be one of the weaker songs on the record. But it also is the intro, like like the introduction track. So it, kind of interesting there. But yeah, I mean, any pick any song on this record, and you will find a story behind it. You will find lots of I don't know, lots of passion and something that you can probably relate to. I mean, we should probably talk about some of the other main singles and and popular tracks like pain and riot a little bit yeah so yeah one x just about every three days grace album that's ever come out has had three singles that have reached number one on the on the rock charts this is true and um so for one x they would be animal i become never too late and pain yeah yeah and pain has a music video out for it as well 
and it's another very cool and interesting song. Um, a lot of people came out and said that it was apparently about sex, but it, I think we would both disagree with that. I, I definitely disagree with that. I mean, like, I can see how they do that because, you know, they argue is like, if you take out the word pain and replace it with the word sex when, when you listen to it, you know, oh my gosh, it, it, it fits and blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, I mean, when you look at the lyrics and see what you know what the song's actually about it's more about dealing with the pain that comes from traumatic events in your life especially when you see all the many different people that are portrayed throughout the music video as well and at the end there when it shows all the different people and they've all been like singing along to the lyric or like at least um mouthing to the lyrics every one of them and including each of the band members has an x tattooed on the back of their neck kind of symbolizing how everybody at some point in their life has experienced the pain of traumatic events yeah and has been like i was kind of referencing to before kind of been an outcast or someone who is i don't know maybe not accepted by society or is going through a hard time or yeah i mean like if you just listen to you know the the main lyric in the chorus and it says because i rather feel pain than nothing at all i mean like if you just go living your life just numb to everything you're lifeless you don't you don't really have a personality and life is not really worth living which is why i believe they wrote that line because if you don't experience that pain you know if you don't feel nothing but pain no no if you feel nothing at all but if, if you at least feel pain you can feel something and you can be someone you know and you can you know take that pain and build a better person out of your experiences rather than feeling nothing at all. Yeah, yeah. Very cathartic, uh, like like most of their songs are. And Riot is probably the best, like, tongue-in-cheek, just blasted out of your car, hate-the-world rock song. Like, it, it just gets you <laughs> pumped up. Like, I remember I used to blast this one out of my car all the time throughout high school because I was just an angry, angsty teen, I guess. I don't know. Oh, also, Ryan, Ryan. <laughs> quick side note, it, you're probably hearing some extra sounds in the background on this episode, and we apologize for that. We've got a lot going on. There's a few people in my house right now kind of walking around and stuff. And, you know, Nick, like I said, has been sick, so he's popping cough drops trying to keep himself. Uh, yeah, I'm trying not to cough too much. I'm sure there's been a couple on here, but I'm yeah. trying my best to suppress them. Yeah, and we're tapping on stuff and, and just doing things that we don't normally do. So we apologize for the extra background noise, but... We think you can probably forgive us. But yeah, moving on, I, do we want to talk about any other songs? Oh, um, this is this album means a lot to me. I, I love this album so much. It's one that I can listen to over and over and over. I mean, of all the albums I've ever listened to, this is the only one where I've listened to it all the way from, from track number one to track number to track 12 simultaneously without taking any breaks, probably the most in my life than any other album i mean it's just such great music such great you know guitarists you know great playing all around the lyrics are great and meaningful the vocals are powerful it just it's an all-around amazing album and if you don't listen to anything else by three days grace i would highly recommend this one yeah well and i i think we can also say that the whole band was kind of at their peak at this point in their career so that that's pretty cool like it was just definitely the high point <laughs> mm -hmm. but uh i guess we can probably move on I, otherwise we'll just be because we could talk about any of these albums for a long time oh yeah <laughs> um but the next one it's called life starts now and they kind of took some um, some risks in this one, create creatively. Well, I, I would I think. definitely say, um, when comparing to the first two albums, this one is very different and very unique. Yeah, 
for sure. And I, I remember the first song, I because it, it was their first single, and I remember this specifically because I remember it was getting towards fall of uh, 2009, which is when it came out, and their first single off of the record was Break. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I first listened to it, I was like, this is so good. But it, at the same time, it was also pretty different. And yeah, it, it was just really cool to hear them. It, like, they didn't completely change up their style, but you could definitely tell that they had put a lot of thought into oh, yeah. I mean, like, um, I mean, because with the title, you know, Life Starts Now, it's more like Three Days Grace and One X. They were very dark, very grim topics. And this one is, I would say it's more, because, like, if you look at the, the album artwork for the first two albums, they're kind of, you know, darker colors. I mean, I guess the, the first one um, is black and white, but it's still kind of like a, I guess you could say, you know, it's still black. It's still kind of darker. But this one, you know, it's, I would say it's one of their more colorful albums, you know, up to this time. And something that's very different because they did take a lot of, I guess you could say, musical liberties like with um, Last to Know, which is a very soft and piano heavy song, which was very unique and very different for Three Days Grace. Oh, yeah. Or um, the song Without You is very different as well. In fact, I think there's even um, you get some electronic sounds on that one or at least a heavy heavily distorted guitar i i don't know it's, it's very unique i want to um, say it's without you um it probably would be world so cold or, or maybe that's of. the one i'm thinking of yeah it, well actually I, I do remember without you is has some sort of electronic sound at the beginning as well I that's believe. world so cold not um, without you oh but i i know that world so cold does as well but yeah it, so break and then i think it world so cold was the second single um, no, I would definitely say that Good Life would probably be, would have been the next single. Oh, that was, okay. Yeah, this is why I have you here, man, to kind of <laughs> steer me through this, because while I remembered the the record, I mean, yeah, you definitely know more details than I do. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Break, The Good Life, and then I think World So Cold was the third one. Okay. Yeah, I remember listening to World So Cold. That is a very, like... Oh man, it's it's it really makes me kind of sad listening to it. It's a oh, very yeah. uh, I mean, I don't want to say like depressing because you you can take it in a positive light if you want to. Yeah, I mean, world so cold, you know. It's like living in a world so cold, wasting away, living in a shell with no soul. I mean, just listen to those lyrics, you know, like it's like the bottom of you know, the pits of despair. Yeah, it really is. And when you listen to it, like the the instrumental for it, you can definitely you feel like the world is freezing over. <laughs> yeah. So. But yeah, this one was definitely a very unique album for for Three Days Grace. And at first, you no, know, I was so excited. I went the day it was released because buying stuff digitally wasn't still that common back then. So I went all the way to Fye. I still didn't have didn't have my driver's license at this point. I was pretty close to I think, but. But basically, you know, I, I took my longboard all the way to FYE. It was probably like three and a half, four miles away from where I was living. Mm. And I went and I bought the albums. Like, I was so excited. It's like, I had to have it the day it came out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I, I had discovered Three Days Grace back in 2006 or 2007, shortly after One X had been released. So this was the first time that I had waited for an album to come out. Yeah. And so I was just so excited because, like, I couldn't wait just to eat up more music by them because I'd already listened to the self-title and uh, and One X so many times at, by this point because you know it's like what two and a half, three years later. <laughs> yeah. Well, and um, it, it's interesting because well, some other interesting things to say about this album. I think that the band, correct me if I'm wrong, but they were going through a lot at this time. Like they, they actually, I think 
were at one of their lowest points throughout the creation of this album. Like, what wasn't uh, there a lot of contention with the band during this point? I don't think so. Okay. Um, I think there was more contention um, during Transit of Venus. Oh, towards the next one. Okay. But an- another thing that I personally, I mean, this is just a, a personal opinion, but I feel like this album is aged pretty well. I mean... Yeah, that, and that's what I was about to get into, you know. I was so excited to purchase this album and listen to it. And some of the songs I was like, oh, th- this is different, you know. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I don't, know, I don't know how I feel about it or how much I like it. And But, you know, as you, as you just said, it really does grow on you and it's still... Some of the songs, oh, I just love listening to them over and over. Like um, Bully, like oh yeah, that's by far still, I in my opinion, one of their hardest songs. And and also that one was actually um mainly um rented by uh by uh, Barry Stock, the guitarist, because um he was bullied when he was younger, and so he's a very big advocate for anti-bullying and things like that. Mm. And so he kind of fronted that song, which I think is kind of cool because I don't know of any other songs where he kind of fronted it. Mm. Well, and the riffs on that song will just tear you apart. Like, oh my gosh, it's so heavy. Yeah, <laughs> it's a very heavy song. It, one that I like that doesn't really get a lot of praise, I think, is the song Going Down. It's mm. so weird sounding, but I still... I know, it's very unique. And like, yeah, but and I still... And then that heavy, just that heavy chops, you know, during the course, you're going down. And it's like, <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> I'm going to get Nick off on a rant here in just a minute. But it, yeah, like it, it sounds so different that the whole record kind of does... But it really, I think, has aged pretty well. There's there's a few songs on there that I don't listen to very often. but And also one thing I think that's pretty unique about this album, because up to this point in time, not a lot of their songs had solos. This was one has a lot more solos oh, than, full. than, than um, Three Days Grace and One X combined in this yeah. one album alone. And I think it was the first time that critics had like, oh, look, Barry Stock can't, can't solo or, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, lots of, I don't know, they were very creative on this one, and I think it was in their favor. So anything else we want to say about this one before we move um, on? Oh, there's so much. Um, I think one song that I, I at least have to mention, because it, it does have a lot of personal meaning to me. I won't go into that personal meaning, but Lost in You, I... It has a, will always have a special place in my heart. Yeah. Well, and that one is still played on the radio today. That was kind yeah. of the single that caught fire, I think, on that. Uh, is that one a single? I'm not sure. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I don't know if it was actually a single, but I do know that it has gotten a lot of radio play because I remember hearing it a lot. Yeah, and it's 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 one of the softer songs on the song, and it's very heartfelt, and, and it's one that I will always treasure, and then I love playing that song on the guitar as well. And it's, I mean, like, if you don't necessarily like heavy distorted guitars and things like that, but but you still don't like listening to the vocals of Adam Gontier and, you know, listen to something very heartfelt. It's definitely a love heartbreak song. I would definitely check out Lost Adieu on this album. I mean, so many people can, you know, relate to it as well, and I would definitely check that one out as well. I think it is a gem amongst other other for, jewels on this album for sure i i couldn't agree more and i honestly like the the tracks that so track two through track five i mean is just pure gold on this album really oh, yeah so yeah you can't go wrong with the first half of this album right you can't go wrong with any of the album but those songs in particular are definitely a highlight hey ryan what are you doing this weekend yeah man i'm hanging out with mckay we're gonna take a look at his latest engravings and talk about giveaways for i engrave stuff Oh yeah, that's awesome. Especially about those giveaways. And you know, I was on the internet the other day and I saw these ads for these other engraving services. And man, their prices are expensive. 
Yeah, man. A lot of those other engraving companies will charge you up the wazoo for things. But I've noticed that McKay's company, they have items that are priced very reasonably, making it affordable, especially this year, to get a personalized and really impactful gift. Get your parents something that is heartfelt with your signature, or you can even do a letter in your own handwriting on something. Oh yeah, that's right. And you can even send a scan of your handwriting on a letter, and they can engrave it onto a sign, a bottle, or whatever you can think of. The possibilities are endless with them. Yeah, and right now, if you're in the checkout area, you can type in TP10 in all caps in the promo code box, and you'll get an extra 10% off. A gift from us. Go to iengravestuff.com today. But yeah, I guess next we'll move on to their next album, uh, unless you have anything else you wanted to say. No, just, you know, I just wanted to make that shout out to um, Austin you. All right. Well, yeah, I can speak to this one a little bit, because I remember when The Transit of Venus came out, and, and I mean, you, you'll be able to tell our audience more about the actual background and what the band was going through at this time, but some specifics that I remember when this came out in 2012, it was one of the first albums to actually be mastered by iTunes. Which, really? I did not know that one part. Yeah, it was one of the very first ones. I remember it was a huge deal, which is funny, because I don't think... I, I think that iTunes and Apple expected that to, I don't know, be more, I don't know, be more of a selling point, I guess. But I don't think people really cared if it was mastered by iTunes or not. No, I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, but it, you know, and being mastered by iTunes, if you went on to iTunes and actually looked up the album, it had like specific art that was displayed on the computer digitally. So, so that was kind of a cool thing that I remember about this album. And it, they took more, they again were being creative and yeah. taking different turns with their musical sound and this is probably when i'll throw it over to you because <laughs> well the thing is you know um of all the albums i don't know if i can talk too much about this one because as much as i love three days grace i didn't get to really hear this one until two years later because of i served an lds mission and um if you don't know much about the lds church you know my faith you know those annoying white guys in, in white shirts and ties <laughs> with, with you know with the name tags you know they say the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints i was one of those guys in chicago for two years one of those guys yeah uh. <laughs> Anyways, um, so, and basically during that time, you give up everything in part of your life and you just, you leave your friends and your family and everything you left behind. So I wasn't able to listen to that kind of music you know, while I was on my, you know, serving an LDS mission. And so basically the day after I left for my mission, that's when the Transit of Venus came out. Oh. And so for two years, I was not able to listen to this album. I was like, are you kidding <laughs> me? The day after I leave. And so. <laughs> I bet that bugged you so bad, man. Oh yeah. Like I only got to hear. Um, one song because they released it early and that was the first single chalk outline yeah which is an amazing amazing track that's one of my favorites off the album and you know some people complain because of just how it, well i would say that it's probably because they had some more electronic sounds throughout the album they also as you'll read in the description if you look it up you know there was a lot more harmonies and it, i don't know it was i guess a little bit more catchy on some of the tracks yeah i guess you could say some of these are a lot a little bit catchy. Um, I don't know, this one, these, no, um, what was interesting, the reason why it's called the Transit of Venus is because at the time, the Transit of Venus is actually, you know, uh, I guess you could say... Uh, it's like a period of change, right? Like, uh, No, not necessarily. Like, the transit of Venus is literally the transit of Venus. It was during a time when once in maybe a few hundred years, Earth is in the right position to see the silhouette of Venus traveling across the sun. 
That's uh, called the Transit of Venus. Yeah. And then so they released the album on the day that you could see the literal Transit of Venus of moving across the sun. Oh, that's that's kind of cool. I didn't know that. But I, I have heard that there's like deeper meanings to the whole. I mean, if you're into the whole like astronomical. Oh, uh, I, I'm sure there probably is. And I haven't looked into that. Yeah, but that's why they decided to do it. Release the album on that day and call it the Transit of Venus, because that's not going to happen. I think probably for another few hundred years. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I didn't know that. That's really cool. And so I think that was pretty cool how they took advantage of that unique, I guess you could say celestial event or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But yeah, and so so that's why they chose the title of Transit of Venus and released it on that that cool, I don't know what word. Yeah, word yeah, during that astronomical <coughs> event. I, I don't know if that's like the correct term for it, but... Just astronomy and all yeah. that kind of stuff. We talk about music here. We don't talk about the sky. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, when you look at all the different songs and, and, and what they're about, I don't necessarily see a common, you know, like um, theme or anything like the previous albums have. Mm-hmm. I mean, but there's still a lot of great songs. Some of them, I'm like, oh, yeah, they're okay. And I think, I know Adam Gontier, later on, a few years later, he came on to say that he was feeling kind of burnt out. And, and that's why, you know, a few days before they before the tour for this album, he just upped and left. Yeah. And, and this is when the whole break off in the band came about. I, I just wanted to mention really quick that I, I'm not sure if it came out. I think it was a single. I could be wrong. But The High Road is uh, the song that really caught fire on this yeah, record. Yeah, like you can even see here on Apple Music that it has a star next to it. So I'm not sure if it is a single or not, but I would definitely say that it's good enough to be a single. Yeah. And, and I remember hearing this, like this is one that I heard on the radio and it kind of took off from this record that was in the mainstream. But yeah, I, I guess like we'll continue to talk more about this record but maybe we should talk about the the breakup because that's during this time period is when adam gontier did depart yeah i want to talk about a couple songs first and then we'll get into that because that will lead into you know the time after adam gontier gotcha gotcha but anyway so there's lots of great songs in here the singles are definitely i know our chalk outline misery loves my company and i can't remember if it's the high road or or if it was a time that remains i can't remember what the third single i know there's a third single on here i just don't remember which one it was yeah i i wish i knew like i i remember the album coming out and i remember downloading it but i don't remember like the order that the singles came out on and, and i wasn't around you know to to be like okay so this is the new single this yeah like most radio play and made it number one or whatever but yeah yeah but um yeah so like chalk outline it's a great one it's definitely one of my favorites on there the high road such an amazing song, I think, especially lyrically. Yeah. And then um, Misery Loves My Company, kind of a similar to, I guess you could kind of say similar to Animal I Become when it comes to the topic. And then um, Give Me a Reason oh. was one of the ones that I really fell in love with on this album. Me too. It was also one of the first ones I checked out when I got home from my mission. I was like, wow, you know, that's just... I love it. I absolutely loved the the topic of this well, the, and, and the music. The bridge towards the end and, you know, um, just even the lyrics, you know, give me a reason to turn and run, give me a reason to burn this house down. I, I, I don't know. It's just so powerful. Um, yeah, it was like, I wish you would. I wish you would. And yeah. then, like, and then Adam got to his vocals, like, wish you would. And I was like, man, like, that's some of his most powerful vocals and it's just mixed with, you know, the meaning of that song. It's like, it's like, who was he singing to? Right <laughs> You're totally nerding out right now. <laughs> this is awesome. Well, I, I, like I said, Adam Gontier is definitely my musical idol, and the entire band is, but 
this particularly is, Adam Gontier, and, and this was the last album that he did with Three Days Grace. <laughs> this is going to be me when we talk about Eminem, or, uh, I, I'm sure. Like, <laughs> But uh, I, I really like the song Anonymous on this one as well. Yeah, that's a good one too. Yeah, yeah. There, there's, and Unbreakable Heart, the, the ending of that song is very yeah. powerful. Oh, I, uh, you're the Unbreakable Heart. I just love the acoustic intro to it too. I that, love it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's different, but very good and a, a great way to end off the album that is the last track on it isn't it yeah it is and then um and then i also loved um time that remains i thought it was a very nice and uplifting song and i think it's even in a major key oh that's interesting because most of their songs (coughs) well yeah most all their songs are in uh like drop d heavier well you can still play a song you know in a major key and drop d yeah but you know just um, most of the songs are definitely a lot of their songs are definitely in minor keys gotcha gotcha but yeah, and uh, I don't know. Is there anything else we want to say? Or, or um, I mean, like, and there's some on here that I I didn't really care for too much. Like, um, happiness. I didn't care much for that. Yeah. That track. Bro- Broken glass was. Um, I don't know. I felt it was too cliche with the lyrics. Right, right. I like. I'm sure it has meaning to either the band or Adam Gontier or whoever like wrote the lyrics for that yeah. one. But for me, it was a little bit not. I don't know. I don't want to say mediocre, but it just wasn't for me. Yeah. And then Operate was okay. Um, Sign of the Times, you know, it's all right. Yeah. They, and <laughs> interestingly enough, when I first heard Sign of the Times, because that's the introduction track to this record, and man, that one was so different and just took me I off know. guard. I didn't, I didn't like it at first, but eventually I, I did take a liking to it later on. I had to listen to it a few more times. Yeah. Yeah, same here. But yeah, so as, as Nick pops another cough drop, we, we should probably start talking about Adam Gontier's departure and what happened from that point. Yeah, so I mean, not a lot was given because the band members for Three Days Grace and Adam Gontier, um, I think there was some contentions and I have my theories. Nothing confirmed, so do not take this as fact. This is just my theories and what I've been able to gather from interviews from Three Days Grace and interviews from Adam Gontier. But if anyone could guess the real reason, it would probably be Nick. So you're talking to a good source. (laughs) (laughs) I I wouldn't say a viable source, but a source, no, I'm just a really big fan. Best guess, yes. (laughs) But anyway, so... The, the first you know, official departure you know, from the band was just, I guess, apparently, because I didn't hear about the departure. You know, I think I was like halfway through my LDS mission, and um, Joe actually emailed me, and it was like, oh, hey, man, how's it going? It's been a long time, you know, because you know, I've been gone for a while. Uh, oh, and this is Joe Castler that's actually been on our show before. Oh, yeah, He's, yeah, yeah. Uh, I the think people would figure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sure they didn't. They, yeah, they're like, we know this. Continue. Yeah, so, but anyways, you know, like, you know he was just emailed me, and he, we were catching up, and it's like, oh, yeah, did you hear that th- uh, that Adam Gontier left Three Days Grace? I was like, what? No! <laughs> it's like, because at that time, I had not seen Three Days Grace live yet, and so I thought, no, I'm never gonna get a chance to see them live. Yeah, like it's over. And yeah, and so, but I have seen them live now. I saw, I've seen them live twice, but never live with Adam Gontier. I still have yet to see Adam Gontier live. But anyways, so no, I didn't get to hear much as things were happening. But I looked at a lot of interviews and things that I had missed while I was gone when I got back from Chicago. And, um, and yeah, and what I can kind of gather. I still am I'm pretty sure that Adam Gante is still friends with Barry and Brad, but I'm willing to bet that one of the reasons why he left was there was contentions between him and the drummer, Neil. And the reason why I gather from this, because Adam Gante went on to form a new band called Santa Sonia. 
And I bought that record because of like, oh my gosh, Adam Gontier is still, you know, out there writing music. And so I just, I just swallowed it up. <laughs> but so I bought the physical copy and lots of bands like to do, you know, thanks to, you know, for, for the album of who they want to thank and all that stuff. And Adam Gontier makes a, a quick shout out to Barry Stock, the guitarist of Three Days Grace and the bassist, Barry. No, 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 not Barry. Brad. Brad waltzed in the album. But there's no mention of the drummer, Neil. Neil Sanderson, yeah. And um, so that, that's where I take my theory, my guess, nothing for sure, but that there was contentions between him and Neil. Yeah, so to recap, Neil Sanderson and Adam Gontier, there was some beef between them. There, there was an argument, possibly. Oh, I, I don't know about that. I haven't heard anything about that. I just feared, figured it was kind of weird that he would shout out to Barry Stock and Brad Walst but not Neil Sanderson. Yeah, that is strange. So, I mean, you, you can't say for sure, but you could, you know, you could draw lines and say, like, yeah, maybe they were, they had a falling out. Yeah. And so, and when you listen to the first single of St. Sonia's first album, Better Place, and <laughs> it sounds like a, like a, like a blow to whoever he was angry at for why he left Three Days Grace. Yeah. It's like, I'm in such a better place without you around. <laughs> right, right. And, uh, yeah, I, I, because you were on your, you know, your religious mission, like you were saying, and there was a three-year time period in between Transit of Venus and their next record, which was called Human, which had the lead vocalist, uh, well, Matt Walst was the lead vocalist on that one. So yeah, between, but, you know, it, in those three years is when all of this happened. Yeah, and so, but basically, I watched a lot of interviews and both the band and Adam Gontier wouldn't say, you know, what was any real reason and if there was any beef between Adam and, the, and Three Days Grace. But, and I think that was really cool of them that they still had that, even if there was beef, that they still had that professional courtesy to not bash each other. Yeah, yeah, I mean, because a lot of bands, I mean, when <laughs> when there's contention and, and people depart or get kicked out, a lot of times it's not as kosher, you know, there's a lot of, oh, I don't know, there can be a lot of bashing back and forth between said parties so yeah but anyways so yeah so adam gontier left three days grace days prior to tour brad happened to be with his brother at lunch with his brother matt when he got the news and then he's like hey what are you doing for the next few months and and so they went on tour and it was a perfect fit and my darkest days was pretty much broken up as well so it worked out perfectly and they just decided okay well let's go ahead and after the tour was over i'm pretty sure let, let's make this a permanent thing and just to give fans you know a taste of what it would be like because adam gontier has definitely one of the most unique and distinctive vocals and rock music today yeah it's it's true like you hear him and you know it's him yeah, and people, you know, absolutely loved and fell in love with 3D Grace because of his vocals. It's what made them stand out. Yeah. And so just to show like, hey, you know, we're still going to make music and we're going to try our best, you know, to stay true to ourselves and our sound and all that. They released um, some demos of Matt Wall singing Riot. And I can't remember what other songs, but they just released some just some quick um, recordings of, of him singing those on YouTube so that fans could listen to it and see what it would be like. I remember when I first listened to it, it was Riot that I had listened to, which is why I know it was for sure Riot. Um, I was like, uh, for me, at first, it sounded like he was too much trying to sound like Adam Gontier because his voice was really dark and gritty. And I was familiar with his voice because I was a My Darkest Days fan as well. Mm -hmm. And so I know what his voice sounded like with My Darkest Days versus to what I was hearing on this demo of Riot with his vocals. Right. And I can kind of tell you know, that he was trying to appeal to the grittiness and uniqueness of Adam Gontier's voice to try and appease the fans. But I personally did not like it. 
Yeah, and, and I'm with you on that because I was a My Darkest Days fan as well. And his voice, like, you could definitely tell that he was trying to alter his voice to sound more like Adam Gontier, especially early on in his career with Three Days Grace, which I personally didn't really like. I mean, not that he is a bad vocalist and not that he can't, but I just feel like... He's better when he's true to himself with his vocals. I would definitely agree with that. And I think, you know, that's what I was about to get into. And you know, as time went on, I think he started to become more true to himself rather than trying to, you know, replicate what Adam Gonti had done in the past. Because um, when you listen to their first single that they released with their new album with him as the frontman, I Am Machine, man, his vocals are so dark and gritty, you know. And I was like, it was really cool and really awesome. And I loved it. I was like, that sounds nothing like Matt Walsh, yeah. from what what is familiar with. Uh, I, I mean, it almost sounded like it was like they tried to digitally <coughs> alter it. You know, like it didn't yeah. sound bad, but it just oh, didn't oh. sound like him. Yeah, and I think it also kind of had to do with you know what the song was about. You know, because I am machine. They tried to make him sound more. Yeah. Like yeah. a robot, or I guess you could say in that song, and I think that kind of helped with the topic of that song and the whole theme for that album sure sure but just listening to that i could definitely tell like yeah he's trying to appease the fans later on when you listen to my favorite single from the latest album outsider um infrared you can definitely hear how he has how he has you know grown and he's more true to himself rather than trying to appease you know a certain part of the fan base because that one sounds more true to himself and sounds like it could be a my darkest day song rather than him trying to replicate old three days grace yeah yeah and i i definitely want to get into that more when we start talking about their latest album outsider but you know uh, yeah so you know, time went on you know and um lots of people like i was all the time when people be like when's adam coming back bring adam back and i was so annoyed like adam is not coming back he's already <laughs> you know head first in with his new band and santa sonia and everything's like just get over it. it's like if you want adam back so bad go support him with santa sonia and it's like quit bothering them with what's never going to happen and come back again yeah well and all things considered like the transition like we've said turned out really well i mean even for adam gontier because saint Sonia is thriving right now oh yeah they're it's, doing great yeah so it, it really has worked out pretty well for everyone yeah and um and finally all that is starting to die down and people have really adopted matt as the the front man for Three Days Grace, and I've seen them twice. I saw them twice last year, and it was a dream come true to see my favorite band live. I saw them early 2019 with Disturbed, hmm. and then I saw them later 2019 with Breaking Benjamin. Both concerts were so amazing. And one thing that I want to talk about Matt's performances oh, of yeah. them being live, I was looking so forward to seeing them. I was like, I wonder how it's going to be you know, with Matt singing them live, you know, especially their older stuff. I thought for sure, oh yeah, all the stuff that he's been there, that he's written, you know, with his voice, he was going to kill it. Yeah. All the stuff I wondered how he was going to do with songs like Never Too Late and Animal and I Hit Everything About You and... Some other older stuff. Uh, yeah, that, that, that was more Adam Gontier. Yeah, Because yeah. I've listened to a lot of their live stuff on YouTube and things like that, so I kind of had an idea of what Adam sounds like live, and it's incredible. Yeah. Even just, you know, through a recording from a phone that was posted on YouTube. Or, or you mean Matt, right? Or, or... No, Adam Gontier. Oh, I see, I see. Because, you know, I've, I've never seen him live before. Oh, yeah, yeah. But anyways, you know, just listen to him. I was very uniquely surprised. I actually thought he did better on the original singles with that had been around with Adam Gontier than he did with the singles that he had been around and released. 
like they started off with the mountain and it sounded great. It's like, oh yeah, it was good. And then they also did um, Infrared live as well. And I was really hoping to hear that one live. And I didn't like his vocals live for them as well. But I would definitely say his best songs were Never Too Late, Riot, Animal I Become, and I Hit Everything About You. Like he absolutely killed it on those vocals. It's like, oh my gosh, I was not expecting you expecting a Matt to sound that incredible when singing those songs. Yeah. I thought he would have been better with the newer singles than the older singles, but it turned out to be the exact opposite, at least in my humble opinion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and it's funny you say that because I remember <coughs> it was not long after Matt had taken over the helm of Three Days Grace. You sent me, I, I think it was an acoustic version of a song. And I Oh yeah, the, the X Sessions, I think that's what they were called. Yeah, yeah. And I was listening to it and I'm like, wow, he sounds really good singing these older Three Days Grace songs. You know, do I think it sounds like, like him, like, like he's being true to himself? Not necessarily, but sounds really good. But yeah, and, and then, you know, to move on to, if it's okay, to, to move on to their next record that came out in, I believe it was 2016. Mm -hmm. It's called Human. That one, or no, 2015, I apologize. <clears throat> Come on, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, their, their album Human, I do feel like they really tried to bring it back to the basics, you know, make it sound like Three Days Grace again, the Three Days Grace we all knew from the very first album. Yeah, from the beginning. And and you can definitely tell that they tried to do that. Yeah, because I remember seeing um, the an interview from from the drummer, Neil Sanderson, and he said that, you know, like their last two al previous albums, they'd use a lot of bells and whistles that you can't necessarily do live because the there's not enough people to do all those things and that they tried to go back to their roots of you know, just trying to have you no know, guitar bass drums and vocals and all that stuff yeah, yeah and they tried to keep it very simple back to their original roots and of what they had sounded like yeah and you can definitely tell that like i don't think that they hit the nail on the head with it but you can definitely see that they're paying homage to you know the the good old days i don't know <laughs> yeah yeah I, I definitely would agree with that i mean because you know it's still unique and definitely more you know you can see you know uh, matt's influence on this and, and definitely how you can see that adam's influence is anywhere in here yeah yeah but i mean you have songs like i one song that i personally think sounds like a lot like one is something from one x uh would be the song tell me why or uh mm. You know, maybe uh, <clears throat> I, I Am Machine has a, a very 1X type of sound. I, I would say. I would place that one more on the self-title, in my opinion. But. Yeah, yeah, may, maybe you're right. Like, but, but definitely, like, in one of their their older works, I guess. Yeah. Um, oh, apologize for the helicopter. <laughs> like I said, there's just a lot of sound. How dare stuff, you so. fly a helicopter over your house, Ryan, while we are <laughs> recording? The audacity. Well, hopefully... <laughs> Hopefully our <laughs> listeners are not too peeved. If I could control it, I would. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, um, Human, um, they came up with the idea for the album Human. Um, they were on a tour bus going somewhere for a show, and it was just early in the morning, and they were stuck in some nasty traffic, and they could just see how people were honking each other, yelling each other, flipping each other the burden, like, whoa, everybody's, you know, like, real up in each other's necks, you know, just trying trying to get where they were going. And, you know, when they saw them, like... They want to base it off of like you know, how everybody's on their own human race. And that's why they called it human because, you know, they wanted to go back to be very vulnerable on how everybody is human. Yeah. And all that. And that's where they came up with the idea for this album. It's like everybody's just so caught up, you know, with their technology and their lives and, and that they're not very, I guess you could say, humane to their fellow brothers and sisters out in the world. And, you know, another song that I hadn't mentioned before, but sounds very much like 
old Three Days Grace is uh, the song Painkiller. I feel mm. like that is... Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and it's a very popular track on the album as well. well I think Painkiller was actually the first, because I remember earlier we said that I Machine was the first single. I think Painkiller was actually the first single. Yeah, I, I can't remember. It, gosh, we I really wish we would have researched more on the singles before doing this episode. So no, I'm pretty sure Painkiller is, because I remember I was... Um, it was the first album that came out when I since I've been home from Chicago. Yeah. And I remember they came up with, finally with new band pictures and all that stuff, and Painkiller was on the back of one of them. So I'm pretty sure that one was the first single. And then it was I Am Machine, and I think Fallen Angel is a single as well. I can't remember. Well, and you know, something else that came out during this time, and, and I don't know if it came out before or after this album, but I remember it was right around this time period. They came out with that single, uh, You Don't Get Me High Anymore. Oh, um, yeah, that's right. I didn't listen to it that much. But yeah, it was just like a, a side little project that they decided. I think it was afterwards yeah and is that a cover or or is it's, that it's, it's a cover yeah that's what i was thinking i i don't know who the the original song rights go to unfortunately yeah but i don't either because i personally didn't like it that much yeah like it wasn't my favorite but it was definitely um something unique and creative that they did during this time i think yeah and something that i've noticed for three because every now and then they'll they'll release just a random cover and just re- release it on youtube yeah yeah well i i think adam gontier did the song chains is it the song Chains? No, you're thinking of when they did the cover back when he was still with Three Days Grace by Fleetwood Mac, The Chain. Oh, the ch- yes, yes, sorry, The Chain. That's that, it. that was a long time before they, before they split up. Yeah, no, I, I mean, uh, just where we're talking about, like, you know, the singles that they'll oh, randomly, okay. or, or covers, I should say, they randomly release. Oh, yeah, it made mean, me think of that. And we could probably go into that after we're done talking about the albums. I yeah, think. I yeah. would say that's a whole little separate thing. But. Right, right. Getting ahead of myself Because I could talk about all the different covers that I've seen them do on YouTube and things like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, so this one, I think they were kind of trying to pay homage to their roots, uh, which it was not a bad move for them after all of the, the drama that had happened over the past few years. Yeah. And the thing is, this is where um, in the time of Three Days Grace's career where there's actually songs on this album and on the next one as well where I actually I don't like the songs. Yeah, I I would agree with you. There are definitely some low points for me personally. Yeah, like um, Cod Crash, I don't like that one. I didn't like Landmine. Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. Fallen Angel wasn't a... No, Fallen Angel was a single, but Human Race was a single as well. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, because there's a music video out for that one because it became a, a, a number one single. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think aside from like the singles and stuff, I don't really find that I listen to a lot of this album. You know, like if Painkiller comes on the radio or it happens to be shuffled on my iPhone or something, of course I'll, you know, jam to it. Yeah. But I don't actually seek out any songs on this album typically. There are some that I do, like The Real You. That one I think is a gem that I don't think it's recognized. The Real You is a very personal um reaching out to someone who's may feel like you know that they're not i guess you could say very authentic and don't really have much going on for themselves but you know it's someone saying hey i see the real you even if you don't i do yeah yeah and um there's a lot of great songs on here just some of them i I didn't necessarily like so much one that i would like to mention also is fallen angel that one is a great song you know just to listen to but it also has a personal meaning for the drummer neil sanderson this one is a song that was written by him about his mother. Oh, I didn't know it was about his mother. Yeah, The Fallen Angel is, is his mother, and it's about him when he was a kid watching her struggle while, as she was raising him. Oh, 
Wow, that's kind of cool. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not, I can't say I'm surprised. A lot of Three Days Grace's songs are, yeah, just have a deeper meaning behind them. You just have to look into it a little bit. So. Yeah, I mean, like, when you know why that song was written, you know, I just love, I just felt more in love with that song you know it's like fallen angel in the dark didn't think you've come this far fallen angel close your eyes you don't have to be alone tonight and it's like and then the ends you know and i couldn't save a fallen angel yeah and in a way i think that this record worked out pretty good for the band you know i i think it got them some praise and notice and i think it was even in the top charts yeah. So, yeah, it, it was a, a solid record sales-wise and whatnot. Just not my personal favorite, but... Yeah, and I wouldn't say this would necessarily be, like, anyone's... I mean, maybe, maybe it could be, but I would not definitely not say it would be the top of their career. Yeah. I don't think anything would dethrone 1X, in my personal opinion. Yeah, it's going to be hard to top that one I, at any point in time. But, it, yeah, I guess we could, if it's okay with you, we could yeah, move on to... Yeah, let's go ahead and move on to their latest album, Outsider, which, honestly, I have not listened to the whole album all the way through with this one. I don't know why. Like, this is the first album ever that has come out where I haven't been like, oh my gosh, i got to listen to it. It's like, I was like, oh yeah, cool. And I listened to The Mountain, Infrared, and um, Left, Right, Wrong. And but, I Am an Outsider. <coughs> like, like, yeah, some of their kind of hits. But, but some of, of these I have actually not even listened to. Yeah. Well, and I, I can say, like, in my personal opinion, and I, I'm, I don't want to, like, if this is... Uh, your favorite album, like I, I'm not trying to bash on you, everyone, you know, it, just my humble opinion. I think that it sounds a lot more like maybe like a My Darkest Days album or something. You know, I, I think that Matt Walst is Well, trying... I, I would definitely agree with that. As yeah. I was saying earlier, it's like, you know, when it came from that demo of showing him right with his vocals compared to listening to something like Infrared, it's night and day that he was trying to sound like Adam, uh, when you listen to stuff like Infrared, it sounds like he's being more true to himself like he was with um, My Darkest Days, which is something that I like much better. Yeah, yeah, and, and I I don't uh, blame him for that at all. I, in fact, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, I would want him to be being more true to himself and writing, you know, songs with lyrics that are personal to him. And, you know, and I'm sure that the whole band had a big part with all of the lyrics for this album. But yeah, like it, when I listen to it, I just hear more of like a My Darkest Days. I hear a lot more of Matt Walst in it, yeah. um, which in a way is kind of why I think it doesn't jive with me as well. Because when I when I listen to Three Days Grace, I want to hear I, I still want to hear Adam Gantier in the original Three Days Grace, and yeah. it's hard to be taken in this new direction, even if they did kind of break it to us slowly. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I can't say too much about this album because, as I said, I've only listened to a handful of songs. I've only listened... I'm just going to go through a list of songs and just say which ones that I have listened to. I've listened to Infrared. I actually listened to The Biss for the first time last night, and... It's okay so far from what I remember of it. I was just listening to it as I was falling asleep. Yeah, just topically. And then The Mountain, which it's a good, solid single. And I've heard that one live twice. It was pretty good. And then skipping quite a few songs. Left, Right, Wrong. I've or listened to right, that Right, Left, one. Wrong. That's what it said, didn't I? 
Oh, I think he said left, right. I don't know. Oh, right. <laughs> it's one le- of the two. Oh, yeah, whatever. Right. right, left, wrong. I've listened to that one. That one was okay. And that's all I've listened to from this album. I still have a lot more to listen to. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I've, I've listened to it, I think, a total of twice. But the, the first time was just when I was driving in the car. And the second time was probably when I was mowing the lawn or something. And I it just wasn't growing on me. And I definitely will have to give it another listen or two. I usually, you know, if it's a band that I like, I'll try and listen to the album a few times before I give up on it because you know sometimes it just has to hit you a certain way before you really get uh, yeah. get the the true meaning of it I guess yeah and yeah I definitely agree with that and I don't want to knock this album because I just I've been so busy you know recently and so it's not like oh yeah it's so terrible I didn't want to go out and listen to it because even though I've only listened to what probably four song, four or three songs on this album each one of those songs I've listened to probably over a hundred times especially infrared I absolutely am in love with the song infrared yeah I love it so much I, I like, think I think they really that's a real gem that they've hit with with Matt on this album and I've heard it live twice as well and that's the thing is like I was so excited to hear that one live and I'm so excited that they did do it live because you don't hear any of their other songs other than the mountain and infrared you don't hear they didn't play any of these other songs in their um, repertoire when they performed. Yeah, yeah. And so, but I was actually, in my opinion, Infrared was probably Matt's worst song of the night. Even though it was still really good, I would say that that his vocals weren't quite up to par for this one. Yeah. Well, and, and maybe he was just having a bad night. I mean... Well, for each time that I heard it, you know, early 2019 to late 2019... I still have the same opinion. Same opinion. So maybe it is, but, you know, I mean, it it could just have been happenstance that we caught him. You caught him on two bad nights with that song. No, he had an excellent night both those nights. (laughs) (laughs) He was amazing. Uh, Like, I'm not knocking Matt. I think he's an amazing singer, and he, you know, delivered killer performances each time I've seen him. Just when it came to this song, I don't think his vocals fit that well when it comes to live interesting but interesting. i absolutely loved listening to the, the recorded version yeah yeah that's definitely one of my favorites off this record as well and um yeah it'll be interesting to see where they go from here i mean i i will always follow three days grace and you know listen to their albums because growing up with them and just how amazing i thought some of their first few albums were like i'll always be a longtime fan yeah and i guess that's the the end of their their collection and and up actually yesterday i saw that neil sanderson posted on facebook that they just barely started going back back to the studio oh that's awesome so yeah. maybe get some new material this year it probably won't be this year because usually writing an album takes about a year so probably next year yeah yeah you can't rush you can't <laughs> rush a good thing so yeah so yeah there's going to be another album and he said you know album i think he said it was album number seven that they're going to be coming out with so well and maybe when they come out with that album we can uh review it you know where we've already talked about their discography up to this point yeah i think yeah. that would be fun yeah so. that would be great and so i'm excited for that i still need to listen to more of outsider you know even though that one's been out for a couple years now but <laughs> yeah isn't that crazy like sometimes i look back at music that i think is still you know very new and just been out for a little while and i'm like oh that's been out for like two or three years now <laughs> yeah yeah because you know then oh wow they're they're in the studio so because if you don't know um rock bands typically they'll spend a year writing an album and then they'll tour for three to four years and then they'll go back in the studio and just repeat that cycle over and over yeah, de- depending on the band and like how I I mean every band is different. Oh but, yeah, but uh, I would say that's the most common norm. Oh bands. yeah, especially throughout rock music. <laughs> I I think. Yeah, definitely. when it comes to rock. Yeah. 
But yeah, I, I guess at this point we can get into it. We've already talked a little bit about their live performances and you've had the chance to see them a couple times. Um, go see, if you have the chance, go see them. You will not be disappointed. Even though Adam Gontier is still not with them, Matt is an amazing front man and you will not be disappointed with their performance. Yeah. And, and just to make it clear, like I, I know we were kind of almost making it sound like we're painting Matt in a bad light, but uh, I really do think he's a very talented artist and a very talented vocalist. Well, one thing that you have to understand when I say like, oh, you know, you may not be Adam, you have to understand that the one of the biggest reasons that why Three Days Grace is big, and you cannot ignore this fact, and this is coming from a diehard Three Days Grace fan, is that Adam made them big. Yeah, it, it was without his... if they had a different singer, they would not have you know the the major hits that they had in their early career, and they would not have made it as far because Adam Gontier's vocals are up there with the most unique and most pleasant and great sounding vocals out there. I would say he was up there with Corey Taylor, Sean Morgan of Seether, and Benjamin Burnley of Breaking Benjamin. Oh, yeah. I would say they are the big, you know, most unique and greatest vocalist of the rock genre out there today right now. Undeniably, and and yeah, specifically in this niche of the genre too. Um, I, I like how you brought up the vocalist of Seether and Corey Taylor, and you know some people that are kind of in the same vein. Yeah. Like yeah, in in this specific niche of the genre, Adam Gontier is definitely up there with the greats. Yeah, and I would even say that you know, he's also up. To, oh yeah, also David Draymond of Disturb, and also late Chester Bennington as well, you know, mm-hmm. because. All, even though all these vocalists, they all sound so different, one thing that they all have in common is because they're so different, they're very distinct, and that's what made them so big and popular. Yeah, yeah. Because if you did not have them as vocalists, those bands probably would not have made it as big. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think that Chester Bennington is a perfect example because I personally don't think Linkin Park is ever going to recover you know, after his passing just because his voice was so unique. Yeah. So... Yeah, and that's what I mean. It looks like Adam Gontier's voice is also similar. He's not Chester Bennington by any means, but his voice is so great and so unique that that's something you'll never be able to replicate, and that's what made people fall in love with Three Days Grace. Yeah, in fact, I dare say if it wasn't, if it hadn't have worked out so well and been such a great transition over to Matt Walsh, I mean, we may not have had any other records from Three Days Grace. Yeah, and the thing is, you have to understand that Matt Walsh is an amazing singer as well. I mean, like, that's why, I mean, Chad Kroger of Nickelback recognize them and be like hey i want to produce you and your band and that's what made my darkest days a big and successful band until they eventually broke up yeah and it's funny because (laughs) i i think nickelback is a band that gets such a bad rep but they also i think have been inducted into the rock hall of fame they have (laughs) they are one of the most popular rock bands to this day and uh you know, they definitely deserve more praise than they get. And the fact that the lead singer of Nickelback did recognize Matt Walst and give him a shot at a career in music. Yeah, and it, and if it weren't for Chad Kroger, you know, we would not have My Darkest Days and probably maybe not even a continuation of, of Three Days Grace. Exactly. So it's it's pretty cool all around. It's it's a great story to tell about, you know, a band's career. And yeah, that's that's one of the many reasons why we wanted to talk about this band tonight. So yeah. And so, yeah, there's there's still so much more I could talk about Three Days Grace, but I don't know. Where are we at with time? Yeah, we are getting a little short on time. Is there anything else like any last minute 
I don't know, anything that you personally want to say, because I know you are a huge fan of theirs and there's other big fans of Three Days Grace out there. So if there's anything that you would want to hear as a fan of Three Days Grace. Oh, that's so hard. Um, <laughs> I mean, of course, you know, we talked about all their albums. They have a bunch of acoustic sessions you can check out on YouTube. Um, they have a live concert DVD, a Three Days Grace live at the Palace in Auburn Hills, Detroit. And I wish I wish that was a concert I could have seen. I've watched that DVD concert probably four or five times, and it's always a blast just watching. It's like, man, I wish I could have been there. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, and then you just find little gems, you know, that you just you just search for and find, whether it be interviews or or um, Adam Gantier has an unofficial EP that you can find online on YouTube as well. After he left um, Three Days Grace, that you can check out. And then, of course, there's also Saint Sonia, where you can continue to see his career. They just released their second album, Flaw Design, which is incredible. Go and listen to it if you haven't heard it. And also their self-titled album as well, which is really great. And then, yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing um, Three Days Grace's new album, maybe in a year and a half or so. I just barely heard that they're going back to the studio, so they haven't released a title or anything like that or any dates. But I'm trying to think of anything else. Definitely a lot to look forward to. And yeah, we'll definitely have to do another episode, but talk about St. Asonia and, you know, talk about the other half of the coin a little bit there. But, you know, where we're where we're running short on time, I don't think we can we can do that tonight, but we definitely will. Yeah, and um yeah, just I think one thing that also has made me really love Three Days Grace is just seeing the brotherly camaraderie between all of the band members. You know, when I've at first when it was always just um watching them recorded live performances on YouTube or whatever or watching them in interviews or interacting with fans online I can just see how how unified they are as a band and that they're not just um co-workers you know and this because this is their livelihood you know this is their job but you know they really are still friends to this day and just seeing and also I've been able to see them twice and see how close that that they still are and especially since Matt and Brad are brothers you know you can see their brotherly love for each other and um and I think it's just really cool to see just how cool and down to earth and real people that they are as well. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, and also, um, I love you know seeing little side things that each of the band members do as well. Um, like Barry Stock has his own little side company called Mean Beard. You can go and check it out, especially if you have a big beard. He has great beard products that you can um, go and check it check out. He has his own little side company with that. And um, Neil Sanderson just recently um, produced a single with um, Diamante, who they were on tour with with Breaking Benjamin um, la- late last year. It's called Obvious. I've been listening to, to, to it on repeat the last few few days. It sounds really great. And um, Yeah, and I, I personally listened to that yeah. new single as well, and it's so good. Like, yeah, yeah, And you can definitely hear Neil Sanderson's influence throughout the track. Like, it's so heavy and just... Yeah, yeah. the thing is, I've never... Um, uh, actually, the first time I ever heard Diamante was uh, live at the Breaking Benjamin Three Days of Grace concert. And I was like, wow, she's really good. You know, she, And it's crazy, you know, she, she's young. She's like 22, 23 years old. Oh, wow. So, yeah, that's that's pretty young to start your career in music and, <coughs> and be that good already. Yeah, you had to be an opener for Three Days of Grace and Breaking Benjamin. Yeah, that's that's and, not bad. <laughs> yeah, and so, yeah, and she's starting to pick up, you know, gain a lot of popularity, which is why I followed her on Facebook and then I saw that. Neil Sanderson was collaborating with her on a single that she just released for her new album. And uh, and I don't know if Matt or, or Brad have been doing any other side things. Or no, oh, no, 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 wait. Um, Matt and, and uh, Neil 
they did some kind of collaboration. They went to Africa to help, and they were featured on this song for some other, I forget his name, you don't have to look it up, but just look up um, Matt Walst and Neil Sanderson, um, Africa Project, and you'll be able to see how they went to Africa and, and recorded the song to help um, raise funds for, for people in poverty in Africa. Oh, that's really cool. But I'm going to cut you off here because I know that you could talk about this all night. <laughs> like, I know you could just keep thinking, it, but I can also hear it. Like, we're getting short on time. Your voice is starting to break up. Like, it's time for us to, yeah. to wrap this up. But yeah, I mean, incredible band. Definitely would recommend checking them out. Of course, anything that we talk about on the show, we usually recommend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, we wouldn't be talking about it. And then, um, yeah, I mean, and Three Days Grace is my all time favorite, and that'll probably never change. Yeah. And it's definitely one of my favorites, and they definitely make some quality music they're very talented they have a lot of stuff going on all the time even today yeah if, if you're a fan of grunge the post-grunge genre if you're a fan of rock music if you're a fan of great vocalists and deep meaningful lyrics and hard catchy riffs like you cannot go wrong with this band so but yeah i guess to leave off we should probably let them go let well let our listeners go with some music uh some, yeah, some lyrics yeah So I want to do lyrics, I guess not just lyrics, I want to read the entire lyrics of the song Time That Remains from Three Days Grace's album, The Transit of Venus. For me, I've been listening to the song a lot recently, and so this is why it comes to my mind, and I feel like it really encompasses you know, the whole meaning of the name Three Days Grace and why they chose it and why they choose to write about what they do. And I also feel that like this song was almost as like Adam's last hurrah before he left the band at that point in time. But I'll go just go ahead and read it, and um, if you haven't heard it, go and listen to it. It's a very great and uplifting song, I think. So it goes, don't do as I have done. Win where I have lost, have where I have none. Don't let your demons drive, they'll just steal you wrong, you won't get out alive. Because you can't unlive the pain, you can't rewind to yesterday. You may never find your place in the time that remains. So if tomorrow never comes from living fast and dying young, I hope the best is yet to come in the time that remains for you. Now don't get me wrong, the mistakes I've made along the way made me who I am today. The time is gonna come, you will all wake up and realize just how fast your life goes by. Because you can't unlift the pain, you can't rewind to yesterday, you may never find your place in the time that remains. So tomorrow never comes from living fast and dying young. I hope the best is yet to come in the time that remains for you. In the time that remains for you. And then he just repeats after that. Thanks for listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed this. This is my all-time favorite band, you know, one that means a lot to me, and I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Yeah, yeah, we'll see you next time and uh, hopefully have some more great content for you. We hope you enjoyed this and it didn't drag on too long for you. We'll see you guys later.